Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody it is time once again for the silver bullets podcast i'm michael citro and i'm chip minnick chip we are back it is our second consecutive show as we prepare for the 2022 ohio state football season and this week we're looking at the big 10 west and that's not an easy task to identify you know who's going to win and who's going to who's going to uh, necessarily finish last. I mean, it, it, it really was a, I don't want to, I don't want to equate it to, you know, like taking like a calculus class or something like that, but it was a struggle. <laughs> there, there, there were some, there were some thoughts where I put behind it. Okay. So we're, you talked about calculus class and struggle. That tells me you're putting Northwestern last. I am putting Northwestern last, <laughs> but I don't want to get too far ahead. All right, I don't yeah, want to get too far ahead. Let's not jump the gun. It's hard to, keep tabs in this day and age on the other division. We don't watch them as much. We don't see as many of their games. Uh, Ohio state doesn't play everybody in the West and with the transfer portal and preseason injuries and everything, sometimes it's hard to keep up with what's going on over there, but we're going to do our best. Absolutely. That's all we can do. Yeah. All right. Before we get to that, there's a few things that we wanted to talk about and uh, Ohio state, Camp is running right along, and that's always good. And one of the things that I wanted to do was check in on uh, Ohio State's uh, black stripe removal. And so we've had a few black stripes removed since you and I last spoke. In fact, we have had um, what six now this year. Way back in March, Tanner McAllister uh, had his black stripe removed. And then in April, Kai Stokes and Caden Curry had theirs removed. But uh, just here recently, uh, tr- uh, Chip Trianum, am I saying that right? Linebacker? Yes, correct. Uh, Chip Trianum uh, had his black stripe removed on August 9th, as did Jair Brown, cornerback. And then on the 13th, just a couple of days ago, C.J. Hicks, uh, removal of the black stripe. Really not surprised to see C.J. Hicks among the first to get the black stripe uh, removed. No, not at all. I think C.J. Hicks out of this freshman class, and there's always... I'm just going to say there's always kind of a, a, a great deal of enthusiasm around highly ranked Ohio prospects. And CJ Hicks was that uh, he was nicknamed captain Buckeye for his enthusiasm and trying to get players to sign in the recruiting class. Uh, I'm, I'm believing that CJ Hicks is going to be one of these players who is going to probably be making his mark initially on special teams. And we will see more and more of him as the season progresses as a linebacker. Exactly. All right. Uh, so congrats to those Buckeyes. You are now Buckeyes. You get the black stripe off. We're happy to have you as officially Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Chip, speaking of official Ohio State Buckeyes, somebody who's been around for quite a while, 
but we've barely seen because of injuries is Cameron Babb. And Cameron Babb got the block O this year. He gets to wear the block O jersey, honoring a player who demonstrates toughness, accountability, and character. And I don't think you could come up with a better description of Cameron Babb. Not at all. I, I'm very happy for him. Um, all indications so far in fall camp is that uh, they're taking it nice and slow with, with Cameron Babb, who's, who's, I mean, he's had just a, a horrible string of, of injury luck uh, ever since he's arrived on campus. But as you just said, is so well and widely respected. He was recently named a captain. Um, you know, for the, you know, for the second straight year, mm-hmm. uh, which again, I think it speaks volumes, as you said, about his character, his toughness, his accountability. Uh, so this is unique in the sense that, you know, the Bill Willis double, double zero jersey, we've kind of grown accustomed to it being a lineman, but I think Cameron Babb is going to be an outstanding representative and well-deserving of this honor. Yeah. Now I think the coaches might want to rush him back from his injuries because I don't know where they're going to get a wide receiver. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I will say it's going to be, it is going to be interesting when uh, he does make his first career reception. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to put any more pressure on him. Uh, like I said, you know, I think they're, they're trying to uh, basically monitor uh, him in camp, uh, I, I think he, you know, for example, was withheld at the tail end of spring ball, you know, and they said it was nothing serious. And I think that there, I, I may have read something on Twitter about, you know, just holding him out of a practice, but again, it was nothing serious. So they want to make sure that he can play. I have no doubt in my mind that he will garner some playing time at some point. I don't know if it'll be against Notre Dame in the season opener, but at some point, and he'll get that first career reception that he so richly deserves. Yeah. Let's hope that that kid can get on the field. It's been a long journey for him and a tough one. And we hate when stuff like that happens to these kids and they, they arrive so full of promise and so full of uh, uh, just excitement and ready to play, put on that Jersey and get out on the field and the horseshoe. And then just these things happen one after another and they pile up and it's, I mean, when you're going through college, it seems like a long time, but it's really a blip in your life, as you and I, us old folks, can uh, attest to. You didn't have to remind me of that. Yeah, yeah you know, considering it's now uh, a little bit more uh, further in the rearview mirror. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is. It's. It seems like it, it's uh, such a it's such a crucial time. Uh, but like you just so so accurately stated, it's the kind of thing where the next thing you know is it's it's over and done with. So I'm glad that. Cameron Babb is is going to more than likely be able to uh, participate on the field in some capacity for Ohio State this coming season. Yeah. So one of the cool things is that you get these reports out of camp. And one of the things that came out of today's camp, as you and I uh, talk on the evening of Monday, the 15th of August, is that everybody that has been talked to on the offense seems impressed with the Ohio state defense under Jim Knowles uh, during camp. Is this just players taking the coaching staff's talking points to the media, or do you believe the, uh, the hype that we're hearing? A little of both. I, I mean, to be fair, I think that there's obviously you and I both know that the Ohio state uh, players are well coached 
not only on the field, but also with regard to how they interact with the media. So I think that that's, you know, to that one point. By the same token, I think that there is something to be said about Jim Knowles' defense is actually starting to take shape and 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 come I, from everything I understand. It's not fully implemented and fully installed because there's you know different components of it uh, that they want to make sure that they've got the fundamentals down. I don't know if you happen to see a TikTok that's been going around. I believe it was Joey Galloway and. I don't know who it was, but there was a linebacker that had a ferocious hit that got a lot of oohs and ahs at an Ohio State practice. So I think the Ohio State defense is going to be improved. I, I And we talked about this last week uh, about how Ryan Day was expecting a top 10 defense. And Jim Knowles was like, I'll see your top 10 and I'll raise you. And I, I want top five. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, So I think that that kind of speaks to uh, the high expectations that Jim Knowles is placing upon himself and the players, I think, are feeding off of that. So it's, it's going to be exciting to see the product on the field in a few short weeks. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so when Notre Dame visits the horseshoe chip, we know who the quarterback's going to be now. Uh, Tyler Buckner, a sophomore, will be making his first career start in the shoe. Uh, tough duty. I, I mean, it has nothing to do, no, no disrespect to Tyler Buckner. I, I think anyone making their first career start against a quality opponent like Ohio State at night, when you know that the fans are going to be, let's just say that they're going to be uh, well-saturated. How's that? Uh, <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, the place is going to be rocking. So I think, uh, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting experience for Tyler Buckner. I'm not saying that he won't be able to have some good moments, but uh, it would be an, I think it would be tough sledding for anybody, let alone somebody making their first career start. Yeah. And making things a little bit more difficult for him is that um, he'll be without a starting wide receiver because uh, starter Avery Davis is out for the season with a torn ACL. We hate that for any kid. Um, and uh, it, it takes a little, not really not any real luster off of this particular game, but it, it certainly is um, a disappointment that you don't get to go up against their best. I agree. And we kind of alluded to this with, with uh, Cameron Babb about, you know, it's always unfortunate when somebody experiences an injury. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Notre Dame, uh, I don't think wide receiver is necessarily a position of, extreme depth that we were kind of joking about, you know, on the Ohio state side of things, I, I, that's not to demean Notre Dame's wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that they have nearly the, the depth that Ohio state does. And for them to lose a starting wide receiver, it's just going to make Tyler Buckner's job that much more difficult. Mm -hmm. All right. So before we get to our big 10 West predictions, uh, is there anything else out of the Ohio state, um, um, sort of news cycle that you want to talk about? Have we covered everything or is there more that you want to maybe touch on? Uh, I guess just the only, the only other thing I would say, um, I don't know if you happen to uh, get a chance to watch it on the big 10 network or if any of our listeners did, but uh, the big 10 network was in Columbus last week. Uh, so there actually was a video of the Ohio state practice and, and the Big Ten Network is expecting, as usual, 
big things from Ohio State. They they made comments about, you know, every time we come here, it's usually the same. It's like this is the most talented team in the league. Again, we're not putting any more pressure on Ohio State than the the players and the coaches already they already know what the expectations are. Yeah. What do you think of Ohio State and the Big Ten not being on ESPN? Well, since it's it hasn't the it, it was one of these things where it was actually uh, being, I guess you could say, I don't want to say rumor, but you know, kind of like breaking news, kind of that that uh, last week when we were recording, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting yeah. uh, to say the least. I mean, it hasn't been officially announced, but you know, we've kind of gotten used to Fox over the last several years, and I know that there are a number of fans out there who despise the 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 big noon kickoff uh you know because ohio state if they are in the eyes of fox considered you know whoever their opponent is if that's the best game on the on the docket fox grabs it mm-hmm. um it's going to be interesting because i and you know we were just talking about you know what it was like i seem to remember back in the day watching ohio state on cbs and that's going to come back. Yeah. You know, like it's scary to think about like in almost 40 years, but <laughs> it's <laughs> scary to think about, uh, you know, that that's going to be, that's going to be the afternoon. That's going to be the three 30 game. If all the reports are accurate. Yeah. Um, and then NBC with a, with a night game. So we'll see. I mean, it, I'm, I just think it's, it's going to be tremendously interesting because, you know, as you said with ESPN, uh, they have, not been strangers in Columbus, you know, like the ESPN college game day crew has for, up, you know, like this season will be its last. Um, they have not been shy about visiting Columbus. That's mm-hmm. going to be a change, you know, for, for all of us who have gotten used to uh, the ESPN college game day crew and ESPN and ABC telecasts, it's going to be an adjustment. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, the rumor was too that there would be potentially a Friday night streaming game for uh, the Big Ten that may be on Apple. Is that something that you've heard any more about? I haven't heard any more about. Uh, I know that it's one of these things where uh, we talked last week about USC and UCLA, the joining you know for the 2024 season, and then supposedly as soon as that news was confirmed that. Apple was immediately intrigued about wanting to be a part of a streaming option for the big 10 because of the addition of USC and UCLA. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it hasn't, it's, it's not been confirmed. Apple or Amazon are the two rumored. Um, I will say, and I I'm, I'm probably in the minority on this. I'm just such a, uh, a purist about Friday night when it comes to, to high school football, I have no idea, you know, down in Florida, if it you know, but it's just I do know. Um, it's scary to think about. This was three years ago. Uh, Northwestern and Ohio State played on a Friday night at Northwestern, and it did hurt um, Ohio high school programs. There were there were news reports of uh, you know a lot of the small rural communities in Ohio that kind of depend financially on a big turnout that a lot of fans didn't show up and it really hurt them. So that's why I'm just not, I, I, I'm hoping that when, or if it does come to pass that Ohio state will be one of those programs. Cause I know that the Ohio high school coaches do not want it, um, that they'll be able to kind of say, no, we don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I would 
I would not want to see Ohio State play on Friday nights, but I don't mind seeing like an Illinois Northwestern game on a Friday night or or something an Indiana Rutgers or something. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it it really depends. I, I know it sounds really you know it probably sounds really snobby and sure. Uh, but but we're, but we're snobs. <laughs> but if there are programs where the high school football in their respective state, if if the Friday night experience, for lack of a better word, is not as crucial or is not as, you know, I guess you could say ingrained as it is like within the state of Ohio. And I know, you know, for example, Penn state was very much against it as well. Um, you know, I would just like to, to see if there was like some kind of a, some kind of a system in place where like for those programs, this may, this might be an opportunity for them to kind of be truly center stage granted on a streaming platform, you know, Apple, Amazon, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have the, they have the quote unquote big 10 spotlight on them for a Friday night and not have to worry about being overshadowed by Ohio state or some of the other big programs within the league. All right. Well said getting excited about the uh, start of the season, Chip. Oh my gosh. Can't get, can't we're, we're as of, as of this coming Saturday, we are one week away from the Big Ten. Now, granted, it's it's not Ohio State, but <laughs> Big Ten football is one week from this Saturday. It's on the twenty seventh. Week so. zero. Week zero. Love week zero. I, exactly. I'm, I'm ready for week negative one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do that, but I think week zero is going to. We'll <laughs> we'll have to cross that bridge when it comes to it when uh, the new whenever the new schedule does get released 2023, 2024, the rumor has it that week zero is going to become, that is going to be the new week one that uh, <laughs> everyone's going to be moved up to week zero status. That's, that's another thing that might be under consideration. Okay. So do you have, I know you, you don't live in the Columbus area and I know tickets are costly, but do you have plans to visit a, the shoe at all this year for a game? Oh, I, I actually have plans uh, on three separate occasions nice. to visit the shoe. Um, I as as tempting as it would have been to sell either or both of my sons for a ticket <laughs> to Notre Dame, couldn't persuade Mrs. Minnick to to go along with it. And my mm. and my sons, if they're listening, I'm joking. I'm joking most of the time. Anyway, um, so we're going to go down to tailgate. Uh, we, we didn't get tickets for Ohio state Notre Dame, but we do, uh, you know, we have family and my daughter is attending. So, you know, that'll be just the experience, you know, you, I mean, they're speaking of the big 10 network. They've been showing the 1995 Ohio state Notre Dame game, you know, not all the time, but frequently. So it's like that kind of an atmosphere. It'll be great to be a part of it. Um, I'm actually going down for again, primarily because of my daughter, um, to meet my daughter's boyfriend's parents. Oh, this is the Ohio, step. Yeah, the Ohio State Arkansas State game. Okay. Uh, and then here's here's even like you want to talk about like you know my my daughter again. Uh, she wants my mother, so her grandmother, to come down and party with her <laughs> and her and her friends so we're going the the first weekend in october when ohio state plays rutgers so there's three games right there okay usually when you have somebody partying with one of their grandparents 
it's a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> well, my mother's kind of getting a little concerned when we start talking about like, you know, having, you know, keg stands and things like that. She's, you know, kind of a little apprehensive about it, but well, just tell her, you know, hit the gym and you have no there trouble you go. doing there you the, go. the keg stand. You know? There you go. Exactly. So we'll help you, you know, we'll hold your legs up, that kind of thing. Exactly. Oh, that's great. That's great. I, uh, I am hoping to get, uh, up North for a game. I don't know if that will happen, uh, with my, um, oldest daughter getting married in October. Yes. During college football season. Oh, she's, she's was not raised properly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to get there or not, but I, I certainly would love to be back in the shoe. So you're going to have to, uh, do some things so I can live vicariously through you. You're going to have to go to outer in, you're okay. going to have to uh, go get a euro from Apollo's for me. Okay. I don't know if you can email that to me. I don't. I doubt. I don't know what how what kind of longevity that would will have. I don't know if you can upload yeah. a, a euro onto the internet or not. But um, what what are your thoughts on Tommy's Pizza? I, I'm not a. I, I I would I would not say no to a Tommy's Pizza. Okay. I'm yeah. just saying because that's you know, that's kind of in the same you know mm-hmm. genre for me so yeah i just uh i tend to get maybe an adriatico's while i'm there or um occasionally i find myself drifting over to to where catfish biffs Uh, okay although i don't know i I think it's it's not there anymore yeah yeah the last no longer the last time i was there it's been it's been several years since the last time i was at biffs but uh yeah it's uh (laughs) it's a sad thing you see the the evolution of the campus area and and even though it was a dump, it was our dump. That's right. Well, the outer end is, sta- is standing strong. That I can tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, by and large, going there, um, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, again, we we joked about, you know, like the, the rear view mirror type thing. Um, there are, believe it or not, there are people that I, I would say that that rear view mirror is even more so. <laughs> for other, you know, I, I see other patrons there and I, 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 I'm always concerned I'm going to stand out. And it's like, I look around, I'm like, yeah, you know, like I'm older than a lot of these, a lot of these kids here, but it's like, I look around, I'm like, but I'm not the oldest person here. So yeah, that's I have found that thing. too. I found that if I go to the outer end or the beer stube, I'm not the oldest person there you in go. either place. So that's, there you go. Good. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's great. I, I, I do miss, miss the old days, but, um, it is what it is. See, time yes. is on. All right. Uh, so we take a quick break. So take a deep breath and, and, you know, do some last minute calculations, whatever you need to do. We're going to get to our big 10 West preview, our predictions for how the West will be won and lost and, and all the finishing order and all of that. So that at the end of the year, we can find out just how wrong we really were. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll get to that right after this. And we're back, Chip. It feels like we didn't even go anywhere. <laughs> uh, but we are back after uh, that long delay. And now uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Big Ten West. And this is a um, a very intriguing year for the Big Ten West. There's been a lot of turnover. And uh, some of the teams that you might expect to rise might not be rising. Some of the ones you expect to maybe take a step back might not be taking a step back. It's it's going to be, I think the way we should do this probably is to go from 
bottom to top. What do you say? Okay. That's that's completely fair. Okay. That's completely fair. Since you've already given a spoiler on your seventh place team. Okay. Uh, yep. So why don't I uh, just start this by saying I agree. I don't think this is a strong Northwestern side this year. I think Northwestern will finish seventh in the Big Ten West. I think they had a pretty decent recruiting year from everything I've read. You and I are not recruitniks, but from what I've read, they've got some, you know, some good young classes coming in and they might start to get back to the top of the West here in a year or two, but I don't think it's this year. I think that they, they're still rebuilding. Yes. Uh, just to elaborate on the reason why I, I think Northwestern will finish last. I have the utmost respect for Pat Fitzgerald. I, I liked him when he was a player um, and what he's done as a coach there at Northwestern. The fact that, you know, like Ohio state has played Northwestern twice in the last several years for the big 10 championship. I think he is to be commended. Uh, but um, the biggest issue that I see with Northwestern is Traditionally, where they've, where they've hung their hat on what has made them good is their defense. And unfortunately, you know, the, the new defense coordinator, Jim O'Neill, came in. And I'm not, I'm not pinning it exclusively on him. But that defense really tumbled. And when you don't have a consistently strong offense, and that, that kind of goes to the fact that they've had very inconsistent quarterback play. Sure. You know, when you don't have a, a consistently strong offense – now their their running game is pretty solid, as you said. Like they have, uh, you know, like a decent recruiting class coming in. But if your 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 offense is struggling and your defense isn't working, I just think that Northwestern. I think it's it's going to be really tough. Like I'm just stealing a glance. We t- we talked about week zero. They're they're playing Nebraska um, in Dublin, Ireland, on August 27th. Um, they actually have three non-conference games that are certainly winnable with Duke, Southern Illinois, and Miami of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't see, I mean, it's, it's nothing. I'm not taking shots at them. I really don't see a lot of wins on the big 10 slate for Northwestern this coming year. Yeah. Same with me. I, I think the West is going to be out of their reach for this year, even though it seems like every year, Northwestern goes up and then down and then up and then down. I think it's going to be a couple down years before we start to see Pat Fitzgerald bring them back up. And like you said, they don't score a lot of points. And if the defense is not where it it normally is under Pat Fitzgerald, then they're in trouble. Not good. I agree. All right. Number six, Chip, who you got sixth? Because I had a real coin flip for the five, six spots. I'll tell you what. I... You mentioned the fact that you had a real coin flip for the for the five six spot. I I could I could say almost like four through six, but I mean to answer your question, I'm going to go with Illinois. I think that uh, Bielema is definitely the improvement is there. I mean the fact that they went five and seven last year, um, similar to we were just talking about Northwestern. Um, Illinois also has a week zero kickoff, but they're playing Wyoming. They're playing stateside. Um, and then again, stealing, you know, some of the looks at their, their schedule, they, they go to Indiana. Um, um, we were just talking about like a Friday night games. They've got that. Um, and then, uh, they also have, uh, Virginia and Chattanooga, um, that Virginia game 
because Virginia has a new coaching staff coming in. That's going to be, I think it's going to be crucial because let's just say hypothetically uh, that if Illinois were to be four and oh, after, you know, after their three non-conference games, that Indiana game, then it's not beyond the realm of possibility to get, you know, like to possibly sneak two more wins to get to that, that desired bowl eligibility. I just don't know if, if they have it yet. Uh, you know, it's just the kind of thing where, you know, you know, they, um, they beat Minnesota last year. Um, they play them in the middle of October. Um, they go to Nebraska and they beat Nebraska in the season opener last year. Um, and then they finish up their last uh, game of the season at Northwestern and they routed Northwestern last year. So there's three, three games right there. Like I said, it really, it really is going to be crucial for Illinois to, to get full eligibility by getting off to a really good start. Are they going to play any 11 overtime games? Uh, that Penn State's not on their schedule. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, Illinois may get to bowl eligible, but still finish near the bottom of the uh, division. Um, I put Illinois at six also, and that was that was a coin flip with another school, but I think that Illinois might not be able to sneak up on people this year and might take like about a half step to a step back before taking another step forward. I think that that program is, is heading the right way, but I think that it's not going to be a, just a a meteoric rise. I think it's going to, there's going to be some bumps, but I think if they stay the course under Brett Bielema, I think that they'll, you know, get this program at least back to respectability. I don't know if they're ever going to be challenging for the big 10 West in the next few years. But, you know, if they can at least maybe sneak up into that third spot in the, the West division, um, it's, that's a lot better than what Illinois has had in recent years. I agree. All right. So now we get to number five, what you got. All right. Here's where, like I said, it starts to get, it, it, this is where it's starting to get more and more kind of like, puzzling for me, but I'm going to go with Nebraska here. Um, I have Nebraska at, at five, but I know that there are a lot of other people and publications that have Nebraska finishing higher than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had such a heartbreaking year uh, last year with, I mean, all those close losses. This is going to sound eerily similar to what I just described with, <laughs> with Illinois um, in the sense that uh, we've talked about the, the, the good start, you know, that, that trip to Dublin, you know, beating Northwestern who they, they handily defeated last year. Um, they have uh, North Dakota and Georgia Southern, and then they get Oklahoma at home and Oklahoma again, transitional year. Uh, they played Oklahoma tough last year. Um, fortunately for them, when I look at their schedule, I mean, like the, when we talked about like part of the challenge of this exercise is when you look and see, all right, well, who do they have on the Big Ten East? Mm-hmm. They get Indiana at home. They get to go to Rutgers. And later in the year, they go up to the Big House on November 12th at Michigan. Um, but the rest of the Big Ten West, they played extremely tough. By, I mean, like you remember last year, I mean, like they lost games in the, in the last seconds. I mean, even when they played Ohio State, Ohio State, had their hands full throughout that entire contest. So mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't surprise me if Nebraska is improved. Everyone knows Scott Frost is truly under the gun uh, to have a good year or he'll be shown the door. 
Um, but I'm, I have Nebraska at least getting to bowl eligibility and finishing fifth in the Big Ten West. Yeah, and I th- this was the, the coin flip I had as well with Illinois, and I put Nebraska ahead because, in part because Adrian Martinez left. And uh, it's this is a guy who it seemed like was great at moving the ball inside the 30 and then just couldn't finish drives. And you and I have talked in, in previous years about this uh, inability that he had to finish off drives. And, you know, that's not great when you have a close game and you can't finish a drive and you have to settle for a field goal uh, or late in a game. You know, you you have four downs inside the 10 and can't get the touchdown. You need to take the lead. You know, that's that's the difference between having a great season and having the kinds of seasons that Nebraska's had recently. And and I think maybe it's going to be addition by subtraction for them. They've got a, a transfer from Texas. They have a new uh, offensive coordinator who came over from Pitt. And uh, they have a uh, also a transfer uh, portal uh, wide receiver addition. So this might be, this might turn out to be a low pick for both of us. But I, I just don't know. I mean, Scott Frost hasn't, hasn't filled me with a lot of hope. Now, I, I put them higher last year than you did and because I, I started to believe that maybe Scott Frost could, could get them that next step forward, but he did not. And so shame on me. I learned from my mistakes. I'm putting them at five. <laughs> Understandable. All right. That brings us to the top four. What do you got at four? I'm going to go with Purdue here. Um, I, what what kind of led me to this is uh, the fact that yes, they lost David Bell at wide receiver and George Karloftis, and those are those were I mean two very crucial players for their 2021 success. But um, the fact that they have a favorable schedule as far as like the Big Ten East, and what I mean by that is they open up. Um, they actually are a Thursday night rare Thursday night opener. Um, they get Penn state at home under the lights uh, and they go to Maryland. Um, and then they finish up their, their big 10 East uh, with Indiana. So like, they don't have to play, you know, any of the perceived strong teams of the, with the exception of Penn state, I, I take that back, yeah, I was gonna um, say. but any of the other strong teams, how's that uh, within the big 10 East, that could make their their schedule or excuse me their season that one more difficult. So I think Purdue is kind of that that sleeper team. I think that they'll get to bowl eligibility, but I don't think that they're going to have nearly the, the same kind of year that they had last year, where they I mean they they truly were uh, you know fortunate. I mean they went nine and four last year, had a bowl win in te- against Tennessee. I don't see Purdue having as much success as they had in twenty twenty one. Okay. We've got our first deviation okay. for a slot. I'm going with Minnesota here. Uh, I think that Minnesota and what the Gophers have done the last few years, they've, they've, they've kind of gotten close into that, that, next, that next, next tier, I guess, if you will. But I don't think that they've been able to really overcome that and get to the top where they want to be. And I don't know if this is the the year that they do that. I, I, I kind of sense maybe a step back for them. And I like some of the other players on some of the other teams. So, so for me, this was a, it was a close decision, but I've, I've slipped uh, Minnesota into that fourth slot. Okay. 
Do so we we'll, we'll see what BJ Fleck uh, can dial up this year. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that his, I don't want to say the word shtick, but you know, his, his, um, his demeanor, I don't know how that plays over the long haul. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. And there were rumblings in the off season of, you know, former players being disgruntled with him and on social media, kind of, you know, like that, it didn't really turn into a huge, a uh, huge controversy, but it was out there. Uh, so I understand exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He's got the kind of personality that I just don't know how much staying power it has over, over time. Uh, I think it wears thin after a while. So, but we'll see. I, I have him at, I have him at four and now we are in our top three and the big 10 West side chip. What do you got at three? I, I, this is where I, I pick up from you. I actually have Minnesota three. Okay. Uh, you know, in the sense that, um, what kind of led me to place them over Purdue was the fact that their former offensive coordinator, Kirk Sharaka, who had left Minnesota after the 2020 season for Penn state was fired by Penn state is now back. Um, maybe they can find, you know, reclaim or refine, or, you know, they can, you know, find the magic that they had in that 2020 season. Uh, you know, they, have um, Tanner Morgan back at quarterback. Like, you know, he's seemingly never going to graduate. Um, but I'm also, I, you know, I, I was impressed last year. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim uh, is, is back at running back. Now, granted, he's coming off a, an injury, but uh, Minnesota demonstrated last year a capacity to run the ball well, even after Ibrahim went down. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Oppen Bell, wide receiver. Uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, they actually, you know, when it comes to that vaunted Big Ten East, um, they get they have to go on the road to Michigan State. They go on the road to Penn State, which is going to be the Penn State whiteout game mm-hmm. uh, October 22nd. It hasn't been officially announced as a night game, but that's the, the whiteout game. And then uh, they also um, get to go uh, or they get Rutgers at home. Um, they had a breakthrough last year. They, they beat Wisconsin, you know, and I think psychologically that did a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see if, like you said, if, you know, PJ Fleck has that staying power, but that's why I have Minnesota at number three. Good points you've made. I'm, I'm not, um, not sold on Tanner Morgan, I guess. Is, uh, oh, I'm, uh, I believe me. I'm not sold on him. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's going to, I think in a, in a tight race and I think the big West maybe outside the top two will be very extremely tight. Uh, whereas like it might be one game separating three through seven, <laughs> but yes, uh, I it, agree. That's the kind of thing where a bad quarterback might cause you, cause you to, to slip a little bit. So uh, that's what I think. So, all right, we're in our, uh, well, we're up to my number three, which is Purdue. And I, and I think for me, it's because of the quarterback. I, I like what uh, Aiden O'Connell has uh, brings to Purdue and I know he's lost some guys, but I think they have a good system in place. It's just can Purdue's defense hold up. I think they're going to score points. Absolutely. I mean, that's one thing about Purdue is that they are entertaining without yeah. a doubt. Uh, you know, it just really depends on, you know, again, can they find other people to step up in the way that they had with, in my opinion, like David Bell and George Karloftis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that, I may be being a little too high on the quarterback here and a little too low on Tanner Morgan. 
and maybe I'm discounting the rest of the teams more than I should be, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I am. So I have, I have Purdue and Minnesota flip-flopped with you and that takes us to our top two. Let's see if we have our same number two. And, and if we do, we all obviously have our same number one. Who do you have at number two? <laughs> all right. This was, I mean, I, we keep joking about it, but it's true. This, this, this was really a, a difficult thing because I think both of these teams, I think you just said, you know, in terms of like a game, um, I think November 12th is going to be must-see TV as it relates to the Big Ten West because that's how this is I, how I see this uh, shaping up. Mm-hmm. And I have Iowa second, um, okay. e- even though, even though Iowa defensively, I think is going to be probably the best defense in the conference. Um, you know, the fact that they get back um, Riley Moss at defensive back, Jack Campbell at middle linebacker. I mean, the, Phil Parker is, is worth his weight in gold uh, as the defensive coordinator for Iowa. I I think, what led me to picking Iowa second is similar to what I talked about when we were talking about Northwestern. I think the offense has been such an albatross for them. Um, the fact that, I mean, they lost um, not only, you know, uh, Tyler Linderbaum at, at center, but Tyler Goodson at running back, he declared early for the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good tight end coming back, Sam Laporta. I mean, Iowa always features the tight end extremely well. Um, Luke Lachey, uh, Ohio kid, uh, is, is there, uh, could have been a Buckeye, but Ohio state went another direction. I think Iowa is going to, is, is going to be there until that, that November 12th game. And ironically, it's actually in Iowa, um, for Wisconsin to come there, but I'm going to go with Iowa second. Yeah. And, uh, we do have the same number two and therefore we have the same number one. Cause I also okay. took Iowa second. And again, it's because I think that uh, Wisconsin, I have a little bit better feeling for Graham Mertz taking the next step than I do Spencer Petrus. Um, and I know that Iowa hasn't fully settled on their starting quarterback yet, have they? No. Uh, I mean, you were talking about, you know, Spencer Petrus is, is the, the likely, but it's by no means is it, is it determined conclusively. Yeah. So. And that's not set in stone because uh, he wasn't that good last year. Uh, they, they did struggle offensively at times. If they couldn't have run the football last year, they would have been in, in big trouble. And, and if their defense hadn't held them in games, I think you're right. I think Iowa's defense is going to be top notch. And, um, but I also expect Wisconsin's defense to be top notch. So when it comes down to that November 12th game, even though it's in Iowa city, I just think Wisconsin has a little bit more in the passing game than Iowa does. Yeah. I mean, speaking about Wisconsin, they lost, eight starters from last year's defense, Wisconsin. I mean, they were, they were right up there in terms of, you know, a a strong defense as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jim Leonard as the defensive coordinator has has done a tremendous job there. I think that it might take them a little bit to get those guys acclimated, but I, I think Wisconsin defensively is always good. And I'm a huge fan of running back Braylon Allen, um, you know, as a true freshman, you know, when you think about, okay, what is Wisconsin traditionally strong at? Okay. They are uh, their offensive line and a punishing running game. Um, that's where, when we were talked earlier about Ohio state's defense, that's, you know, like, that's the concern is like, okay, are they going to be ready to play against this physical style? Uh, you, you mentioned Graham Mertz, uh, Wisconsin has a new offensive coordinator in Bobby Ingram. 
Um, so we'll see if there's any diversification of the offense. Maybe if they can do some things that might be better for Graham Mertz. Um, but yeah, I see Wisconsin coming out on top in the Big Ten West. Yeah, Mertz is, I mean, he, he's came in so highly touted. You know, the talent's there. They just have to unlock it. Uh, he made some really, really uncharacteristic mistakes uh, last year and uh, made some really ill-advised throws and uh, and he struggled on third downs. And I think that that's something that an ex- another year under his belt could get better. Uh, Braylon yes. Allen, I fully expect if you were, if you're holding my feet to the fire and say, who will be the, the all big 10 first team running backs, I would say Travion Henderson and Braylon Allen would probably be my choices. Not bad either. Yeah. I, I mean, Braylon Allen, uh, you know, he just, he, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but it's just, it's, we've, I've kind of gotten used to it is Wisconsin has, you know, this massive offensive line and all of a sudden they, they find some stud running back to feed the the ball 20, 30 times a game. And it's, it's been a successful formula for 30 years now. Yeah. Badger ball hasn't changed much since Barry Alvarez got there. No, it hasn't. Uh, And, and it's, it's a formula that works in the big 10 and especially in the big 10 West. So, so you and I both have Wisconsin as our, as our top pick in the West. Although again, it is, it could go either way with Iowa. That was one of my two biggest coin flips and, and, that was one, and the the Nebraska Illinois decision was the other big one for me. Uh, those were the ones that I really kind of agonized over and looked at and thought about, and and just in the end, just went with my gut. And and again, I think it's hard to pick against Wisconsin because they've they've managed to get to Indy several times, and uh, they you know, they, they have that expectation really when it comes to the big 10 West. Yeah. I mean, they, Wisconsin, I mean, they're coming to Columbus September 24th and it it hasn't been officially announced as a night game yet, uh, but it will be on ABC um, and, and Ohio state has declared that that's a blackout game. So uh, (laughs) that, that one is, you know, recently I, I had an article for Athlon Sports, you know, ranking, uh, you know, the, the toughest games. And I had Wisconsin um, right up there, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, because it's definitely it's it's it was what the third toughest game, in my opinion, on Ohio State's schedule. I mean, Wisconsin's never an easy game because yeah. of the physical nature of it. So should be a good one. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that might be a big noon kickoff because. <laughs> Um, they, I always think it's, it, it's something that favors Ohio state when the teams from the central time zone have to play early at Ohio state. I could, I can understand that logic. I mean, that's part of what, uh, we, we briefly touched on it, you know, in terms of like the new, uh, contract, the media contract in terms of like Fox and, you know, like, you know, when USC and UCLA do come on board, are they going to be, you know, are they going to be you know, playing some big noon games, you know, you know, like that would be like 9 a.m. for their body clock, you yeah. know, so should be interesting to see. Yeah, I I got to think that they will do something like make it mandatory that when when those two California schools travel east, they'll probably make it mandatory that those are 330 games or later. I don't know. I mean, it just like it's just going to be interesting to see because 
you know, not to deviate too far, but, uh, you know, Fox has, and, and it's been proven out that Fox, the, the viewership, you know, whenever they have whatever, like they're, what they consider like the, the best game in their, I'm just going to call it their catalog, mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, of games that are available to them. The, the viewership corresponds, even though people grumble and complain and, yeah. uh, that, that noon. So I'm just, again, you know, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. Like, you know, like the 2023 schedule hasn't been released, let alone the 2024, you know, when or if Ohio state or UCLA and when they come to Ohio state, does that fall under that? Oh, this is our best game in comparison to the other big 10 games on the schedule. Do we want to put that at noon? Too bad. So sad for you, California (laughs) guys uh, with your, your time clock. Uh, But uh, we'll see. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how that's going to go. I, I, I know that they've already talked about, you know, taking into consideration the student athletes when, when this happens that, you know, we're way early in this process and you know, we we're just talking at work today, in fact, about how, how that's going to work for the non uh, revenue sports like volleyball, for example, those teams are used to playing like Wednesday, Saturday, you know, and that's a little hard to do when you're USC or UCLA and you're playing a bunch of teams that are out East. So it might be a case of where they need to go on the road stay somewhere, maybe go to Indiana, play Indiana and Purdue, and then maybe take like online classes and they're in, you know, while they're on the road or something. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how they're going to do it, yeah. but a couple of years, you know, they'll, they'll get it figured out. Hopefully they have time. We, we have got some uh, time. We have the technology. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll put our best AI on it. All right. Well, that is uh, that is our our Big Ten predictions. I can't wait to see how these shake out. We're we were very similar last year. We're very similar again this year. We both have Wisconsin and Iowa at one two. Then I have Purdue three and Minnesota four. You have those flip flop Minnesota three and Purdue four. And then we both have Nebraska, Illinois, and Northwestern in that order. So uh, obviously we're thinking along the same wavelength. Maybe there's not enough controversy on this podcast <laughs> we don't need to be controversial we will we'll let you know we'll i'm sure that you know we've got the whole season to, to figure out or, or, or controversy will be discovered at some point maybe there will be more variation in our big 10 eastern division yeah, maybe uh, picks for next week we'll so that's see. what we've got on tap for next week we, we're going to come back next week do our predictions for the big 10 east and then the week after that, obviously, we'll be in in pregame mode. We'll be uh, talking about Notre Dame. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. It's unbelievable. We are uh, right just about in the thick of the Big Ten season, but in the in the college football season, I should say. And it's, I mean, you know, they sing it every year in the holidays. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is, absolutely. Without a doubt. The college football Saturdays, in your lifetime are finite. So you have to savor each and every single one of them. And as we say at this time, every year, we're going to blink and it's going to be late November. And we're going to say, where the heck did the season go? No, don't remind me. That's why we got to <laughs> savor it. Got to so savor it. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right, Chip, anything else that we need to talk about in regards to the big 10 West? No, just, um, I guess a, a request to our listeners. Hey, let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you, 
and you say, guys, I can't believe you both missed the boat. Like this is Nebraska's year, you know, let us, let us know. I mean, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not picking on Nebraska or anyone who, you know, like who has that thought, but if, if you truly, you know, let us know what you thought of our picks, like, Hey, like this, I can understand why you picked it that way. Don't understand why you didn't pick it this way, whatever, good, bad, or ugly. Yeah. If we get enough uh, responses, we can, we can maybe give our listeners uh, uh, composite uh, rankings or, or prediction rankings uh, for the big 10 West that you can get a hold of us a couple of ways. You can email us at silverbulletspod at gmail.com. We have our own dedicated email address now, so you don't have to put it out there for everybody to see. If you're a little worried uh, that you know you don't want to you don't want to put your heart on your sleeve and you want to keep it just between us, uh, feel free to email us at silverbulletspod at gmail.com. Let us know if it's okay though to uh, to use your comments on the air because uh, we will probably do that uh, unless you tell us not to. <laughs> um, the other way you can reach us is you can follow us on Twitter at silver bullets pod, but in the, in the word silver, there's no E. So it's like silver bullets pod, uh, on Twitter. Uh, or you can tweet to me. I'm at Mike 36 fan and chip is at chip Minnick. It's just his name at chip Minnick and Minnick is spelled M I N N I C H. Very nice. Yeah. So that's how you get a hold of us. Uh, I am also going to, be the grumpy old Buckeye yet again, but this time it's on land grant Holy land. That's our new home. So if you are accustomed to listening to our show and also reading the grumpy old Buckeye after every Buckeye game, it looks like those columns are going to run on Mondays in the morning on land grant Holy land. And I know chip, you are working on getting uh, finalized for doing some writing at land grant Holy land as well. That is correct. I'm actually, going to be offering up, I guess you could say three with the, the kind of the unofficial title is, you know, three things to watch for. Uh, most of the time that's going to be in relation to obviously the upcoming opponent in terms of, you know, looking at, you know, here are some things that uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on, but, you know, just to kind of extrapolate here, uh, you know, we've touched about the, the big 10 media contract when that gets released, there might be an article about that. Uh, Michael also referred to the fact that we're not recruit Knicks, but when recruiting does uh, come to pass in December, uh, you know, I'll have some thoughts on that. So that's kind of going to be the the flavor or theme of my articles that will be appearing on land grant Holy land. Awesome. And I know as, as a big high school aficionado, high school football aficionado, I don't want to put anything creepy out there. Like you're a, a, a fan of high schools, but you're a, a high school football fan uh, you may have seen some of the the big Ohio recruits because you do get out to some games. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, um, I'm kind of planning uh, to. He has not yet been officially recruited yet. I don't want to give the young man's name, um, you know, because it, it's one of these things where I don't know if Ohio State will be recruiting. But you're absolutely correct. I mean, it's one of the things that I enjoy on a Friday night. It's relatively inexpensive to be able to go out to a high school football game and be able to see a player that Ohio state is considering recruiting or is actively recruiting and and kind of get, you know, kind of that sneak preview of you, if you will, um, what they may look like when they don the scarlet and gray. Yeah. Great. Looking forward to this season. And I know you are as well. 
when does uh, when does Ohio uh, Ohio high school football start? What, what Friday is the, the first one? The, actually, this coming one. This okay. this coming this coming weekend. So it's it's one of these things where uh, you know a lot of the high schools around here um, they're they're various starting days. You know, like some schools are actually starting at the end of this week. Um, the school district that I live in, Avon Lake, they their first day of school is the twenty third. So it's, but they, they all are going to be having high school football at the end of this week. Awesome. All right. Well, Chip, we'll come back and do this next week only for the big 10 East. Uh, so I better do some more research because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have a short memory <laughs> at my age. Well, yeah, it's the kind of thing where, again, I think you, I think you accurately stated it, it's a little more difficult when when you factor in the transfer portal yeah uh, injuries things of that nature that are always coming out it does impact kind of the decisions that we make in terms of like well how's this going to all play out yeah i mean you used to be able to pick up phil Steele's magazine in like late july and it was pretty accurate now it's like <laughs> it's, it's dated yeah. yeah it's dated yeah. by by the beginning of the season exactly all right uh well again Get uh, get get your feedback in silverbulletspod at gmail.com. Hit me up at Mike36fan. Hit Chip up at Chip Minnick, M-I-N-N-I-C-H, and at SilverBulletsPod on Twitter, S-I-L-V-R Bullets Pod. And uh, you can find me again on landgrantholyland.com, and I will be your grumpy old buckeye yet again this season. Chip will be writing at Land Grant Holy Land as well, and at Athlon Sports. You got anything coming up this week that we need to watch for? Um, I think it should be, um, among other things, uh, you know, predictions on Ohio State season, not just myself, but other writers kind of look at how Ohio State will possibly be doing. And there should be a series that reviews the 2019 recruiting class, you know, the, the players who left, the players who are contributing, the players who emerged as starters. All right. Looks, uh, we'll be on the lookout for that because that sounds interesting. And that will do it for this episode of the Silver Bullets podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're very excited to be at our new home. We're excited to be doing our new shows and uh, going out on our dedicated feed and also the Land Grant Holy Land feed as well. Uh, please subscribe, uh, like, give us star, star ratings and write a review. It costs you nothing. takes only a few seconds. It helps us tremendously. There are a lot of Ohio State football podcasts out there. And uh, this is how we can can rise up in the rankings and, and the searches is if you uh, rank us or rate us and review us and uh, and download and subscribe. These are these are all things you can do to help us out. It costs you nothing and, and takes only uh, a moment of your time. We do appreciate it. And we will be back next week to talk about the Big Ten East and all other Ohio State related news and uh, news about the home opener against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So with that said, we'll sign off the way we always do, Chip, by saying, go Bucks." Go Bucks.